Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. When Jen and I knelt on that, the stage, um, right around that time as we were prepping to leave, God gave us Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And this has been our prayer for you for the last year and a half. Paul writes to the Philippian church, he says, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless at the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. This is what we've been praying for you for the last year and a half. And so it seems fitting on Valentine's weekend, and with that prayer always on our hearts for you, that I would be here then to speak on the topic of love. Now, I do want to just clarify, I'm not talking about like Hallmark love this weekend, okay? Because I know Valentine's Day is a big thing for Americans. Um, I don't know, maybe it's worldwide, but especially us Americans. In fact, I read that in 2019, watch this stat, Americans spent $886 million on Valentine's Day gifts for their pets. Come on, America. And I know, is Judy Weiland in the house? Because I know, I know Cha-Cha and Lucy Liu are getting something tomorrow. You know what I'm talking about? I know, I know they're getting hooked up. Um, I, I read that the prediction for this year for spending is $24 billion on Valentine's Day gifts for everyone who's participating. That comes out to about $175 per person. So ladies, use that as your standard tomorrow, all right? If you open up a gift and you can check the price online and it's under $175, he owes you something else, all right? Follow up with them. Now we're not talking about, now don't hold me to that, Jen. Do as I say, not as I do. Okay. We're not talking today about Hallmark love, Valentine's Day, Cupid love. We're talking about real, lasting, unconditional, self-sacrificing love from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you brought a Bible, go ahead and turn there. In fact, speaking of Bibles, I'm borrowing this one. Um, If you... uh, follow me on Instagram, you know that uh, Jen and I had quite the welcome uh, to Tennessee. We, uh, I landed Friday at 6 o'clock, and by 9 o'clock, all our, our stuff had been stolen out of our rental car, which was a, well, hey, Southern hospitality, what's that all about? So I traced my iPad and computers and everything to a neighborhood uh, in, in downtown Nashville that we'll be making a visit to a little bit later before we head out of, of uh, Nashville. And, you know, I was thinking, um, I have some friends here at Awaken that have what I like to call a particular set of skills <laughs> that may be able to help make my stuff magically reappear without waiting for the detective to call me, you know? Um, now, now, but for real, we, uh, all of our stuff is somewhere floating around in downtown Nashville. I can track it on my iPhone where it's being distributed. And, uh, and I, we, like all we want back is our two Bibles 
that have like 15 years of notes in them and Jen's songwriting lyric books that like are irreplaceable. So if you, if we come to your mind later on this afternoon, pray for us as we go with our posse to Nashville. All right. Um, but I'm borrowing this Bible from Pastor Nate. It's, uh, it's the same one that I have. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. First Corinthians 13 is where I've had you turn. You, of course, you guys are in this series called Dead Without Love, and we're, we're talking all about what it looks like for us to love people and use our gifts accordingly. In fact, I love that we're in 1 Corinthians 13 because 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are like the Bible's handbook for spiritual gifts. So the, here's how it kind of breaks down. 1 Corinthians 12 is the list of the gifts. 1 Corinthians 14 is like the guidelines and the guardrails for the gifts. But sandwiched right in the middle is 1 Corinthians 13. That is the heartbeat of the gifts. In fact, if you pull out chapter 13, you no longer have the love that fuels the gifts. You have flatlined, which means you are dead without love. So 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 is, is where, we've, where we turn to in Scripture most of the times to just learn what it looks like to function as a Christian, with what God has given us. And so we, we have these, these gifts that God has given us, and we want to make sure that we're not utilizing them in, in an improper way. We want to make sure we're honoring God with what he's placed in our lives. And so 1 Corinthians 13, the heartbeat of these gifts is where I've had you turn. It's where you are in this series. And today we get our title from verse 8. Here it is, Love Never Ends. Love never ends. It's eternal. And so we want to talk about this today. I want to start in 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 8. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. And as for knowledge, it will also pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect, when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. I want to give you three thoughts. I hope you'll jot these down. I think they'll help you. They'll, they'll encourage you as you walk with the Lord, but also help you kind of keep things in line. Number one, write this down. Don't overemphasize what is temporary. And this is easy to do. We do this, in fact, uh, this is our human tendency. We have things that are temporary in front of us, all around us, in our lives. We drive them. We live in them. We live with them. We buy them. We, they're all temporary. And so it's so easy for us to overemphasize them because we see them all around us. Now, if you're a, if you're a parent, you have probably experienced like me where you buy your kid like a, a bunch of Christmas gifts and then they overemphasize what is temporary by playing with the box instead of the thing in the box. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, come on. If, that's what, if, if, if I had known that you wanted the box, I wouldn't have gone in Walmart to get it. I would have gone behind Walmart to get it, right? Like we, we so easily, our kids do it. We do it with the things around us and in our lives and that we, that we purchase and and we do this too, and, and I want to hit on this here in just a moment a little bit deeper, but we do this too when, spiritually speaking, we do a lot of good spiritual things on the outside with the wrong internal motivation. This is how we begin to overemphasize the things that are temporary. And Paul is warning the Corinthian church about this because they, like us, had a tendency 
to do this, to hyper-spiritualize the good things they were doing without being fueled by the correct motivation. And so Paul points out like a, a few of them here in these verses. He talks about prophecies and tongues and knowledge. When, when I say overemphasize, in fact, that, that phrase can be kind of synonymous with the word idol, idolize. Overemphasize can lead to idolatry. When we begin to overemphasize things, we, we can easily slip into idolizing these things. And this is what the Corinthian church was doing. Uh, again, Paul gives these examples. It's not meant to be exhaustive, but the gift of prophecy and words of knowledge and tongues. The Corinthians had slipped into this place where they were so focused on these things that they were doing without being driven by love that Paul was just warning them, don't overemphasize, don't idolize those things because they're passing. He says it in a few different ways in verse 8. He says prophecies will pass away, tongues will cease, knowledge will pass away. This is Paul driving home the same spiritual truth three different ways. I don't know about you, but growing up, if my dad said something three times, I had better be paying attention. Parents, you know what that's like. If you start repeating yourself, your kid better get that through their thick skull real quick, you know? You're repeating it on purpose. This is our kind of spiritual father, Paul, repeating it. He's saying it multiple times so we would get the point. So this would start to sink in. We would understand what Paul is driving at and, and, and getting at here. He's reiterating the point. And so he's driving this home so that we would not be tempted to overemphasize, idolize the things that are going to be passing. He goes, these things are great and all, but they're not going to last. They, they, just like your half and half for your coffee and your leftovers in your fridge, they have an expiration date. They're, they're not meant to last. They were given for a time, but they're not eternal. The gift of tongues and prophecy and knowledge, and one day all of these things will pass away. So again, they're important because we don't want to downplay them. I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate this throughout the message. We are not here to talk down about spiritual actions or spiritual gifts. We just want to make sure that we're not overemphasizing the things that are passing. You with me on this? You picking up what I'm laying down? Okay. So don't overemphasize what is temporary. Now let's flip that. Here's number two if you're taking notes. Don't underemphasize what is eternal. In fact, when we do one, we tend to do the other one. We kind of just by default. When we overemphasize what is temporary, by default, we underemphasize what is eternal. And again, this plays out in a lot of different ways, but it's important to understand what is temporary, what is not temporary, what is eternal. Out of all of the things that will pass, we read about in verse 8, love never ends. So I guess if we were reading from the new Sandlot tran- translation, it would be love lasts forever, right? It never ends. Love is eternal. When we get to heaven, that gift continues on. But in heaven, you don't need the gift of prophecy. When the, when the perfect comes, when we're in the presence of Jesus, we don't need the gift of knowledge. When we're in the presence of God and, and the angels, we don't need the gift of tongues. We just 
communicate. We're, we no longer need the prayer language of tongues. Have you thought about this? Because we're with Jesus. It's incredible. But love never ends. Love is eternal. Love goes on. The very last verse of 1 Corinthians 13, you'll get there in a few weeks. Faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Love never ends. And so we want to make sure that we are not underemphasizing the thing that is eternal, the thing that lasts. Because as you heard last week, if you were here in part one of this, this series, you can do the good action with the wrong motivation, and it turns you into, according to Paul, a clanging symbol. If you were here last week, Pastor Nate pulled out that symbol and just stood here and crashed it, which if you were on the front row, that had to be a little painful. But listen, when, when, when God is watching us function in our spiritual gifts with the wrong motivation, I want you to know it is clashing and clanging and painful for him to watch. You're missing the point. Don't overemphasize the temporary gifts because by default, you start to underemphasize the thing that really matters, your motivation behind it. Another way to put it would be the why is more important than the what. Or the inward motivation is more important than the external action. So we have to make sure that everything is, is in its place and that we're honoring God with the things he's given us, the spiritual gifts, the talents, the time that God has given us, all of these things, we want to make sure that they're in their appropriate place and that we're emphasizing them appropriately. Because, again, a good thing done without love underemphasizes what is eternal. Now, I could, we, we could list a million examples of this. I'll give, you a, I'll give you a few of these. A few examples of how this plays out if, when, when we begin to underemphasize what is eternal. One is, it's easy to slip into this mentality where we start treating, where, where maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, and you, it's really easy for you to start treating people like your spiritual projects. I got to convert them to, to be a follower of Jesus. I got to change their life. I got to save them. No, can I just correct? You don't save anybody. You and I don't do the work of salvation. Jesus said, go preach the gospel, not go save everybody. Right? Can we just clarify that? Turns out the Holy Spirit's really good at his job, and you're not great at his job, and neither am I. So we can just kind of like give him his role back. But, but here's how this plays out. We, when we start to feel like, the, feel the pressure to get people saved, and we start just treating people like there are little spiritual projects, and then the moment they come to church or come to faith and we move on to the next project, this is now, we've, we've, maybe you started with the right motivation, but now you've lost the real, the right motivation. And no longer are you loving someone, you're doing an outward spiritual action. And it's really hard when you're in the middle of it to distinguish because you, re- you feel really good that you're doing this. But let's not lose sight of the fact that people are people, not projects. Jesus died for people. Jesus loves people. Let's just be an extension of that love. You're like, but I've been preaching the gospel to him for 15 years. Great. 
You may have said the words, but are you living it? Just love these people. Here's another example of how this plays out when we underemphasize what is eternal. We overemphasize what is temporary. Christians, church, a lot of times we sign up for these overseas mission trips, which, by the way, are great things. I, I, I want to I just reiterate throughout this message, I am not in any way downplaying spiritual things that you are stepping into by faith. I, I talked to somebody last service who was talking about how God really impacted them in, on a mission trip. I love that. I've been impacted by that same thing. But listen, here's what Christians do, because I've been guilty of this as well. I'll sign up for a mission trip. I'll pay a couple thousand dollars to get on an airplane and cross an ocean to, to share Jesus with somebody. But I am sometimes unwilling to cross my street to tell my neighbor. Why do we do this? Listen, I'm not saying don't cross the ocean. I'm just saying make sure also that you cross the hallway in your school and share your faith. I'm saying make sure you cross into the next office and pray with that coworker who's hurting. Because, yeah, the orphan in Africa needs Jesus, but so does the CEO at your company. So don't be so guilty in crossing an ocean when you won't even cross the street. This is how we begin to underemphasize what is eternal and overemphasize what is temporary, where we focus on the trip and we don't, the mission trip overseas, and we forget to be on mission in the sphere of influence that we have right here. So let's make sure our gifts are in the appropriate place. How many of you guys had a cup of coffee when you woke up this morning? Whoo, praise God, right? I had, a, I had a latte from Plumline. Woo, praise God. Now, maybe this morning when you, when you went to your coffee maker or your espresso machine or whatever it was, you pulled out your favorite mug. Now, the, the mug is an important part of the coffee, right? And nobody is making coffee and then just, I don't know, maybe somebody is slurping it with a straw from the coffee maker. I hope not drinking it directly from the pot, just, maybe you are, I don't know, but I use a mug because I've learned that it works better than pouring the hot coffee into my hand and sipping it that way. That's painful and messy. So I like the mug, but if the mug's not filled with coffee, it's just in the cabinet. I don't care too much about it. The purpose of the mug is to deliver the coffee to my life. You with me? The purpose of the spiritual gift is to deliver love to somebody's life. Let's make sure it's in its appropriate place. So here's number three. Jot this down. Use the temporary to deliver the eternal. This is what it looks like for us to use our gifts to deliver love into people's lives. Now, again, I'm just going to say it again. I know I've said it. I'll say it again. We are not here to downplay spiritual gifts. We just want to make sure that they are in their appropriate place. They are being used in the way that God has given us to use them. Um, verse, verse 9 and 10 remind us, we know in part. We prophesy in part. Verse 10 says the partial will one day pass away. Here's what Paul is getting at. God has given us imperfect gifts for an imperfect time that we live in. They're not going to last. They're not meant to last. But we've got them while we have them. And so what we're not going to do is abandon them because they're temporary. We're going to put them to work. 
So, so what if they're not going to last? You might, as you're reading this, you might think, well, if the prophecy and tongues and knowledge and the gifts aren't going to last, then why use them? Well, because you have them right now. So we use whatever it is that we have in our hands so that we can continue to send the message of the gospel out. Love people. Okay, so it's temporary. That's okay. Still use it. Use whatever God has, has given you to do it. This ties right in with the series you guys just finished a couple weeks ago, the Go series. I love this. Like, what a, what a cool vision that we're not just going to sit and listen, but we're going to go and serve. Isn't that the mission of the church? Isn't the mission of the church to not just sit in chairs, but go into the city, right? If Jesus said we're the salt of the earth, then we're in the shaker right now. The salt doesn't season anything inside the shaker. It has to get shaken out. So we got to, the salt needs to go out into the world where flavor and preservation is needed. So go. That's the point of that series was go. I, I love this thought as, as Pastor Nate started that series talking about how, so what if we have Sundays figured out? If we don't all w- also have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, in a place where we're walking by faith in those days. So what if the church comes together and Sunday is going great, but Monday through Saturday isn't? Because this isn't the only place that we show love to one another on Sundays, but also we're called to do it Monday through Saturday. How do you do it? One word, love. You love people wherever you go. This, this is so important. Everywhere you go, people are watching. Jen and I were reminded of that this, this, uh, just these last couple days. Friday night, 10 p.m., downtown Nashville, police officers fingerprinting our rental car, trying to figure out where, where all our stuff is. I'm filing a police report, and the police officer gets done, and he goes, you guys are like the nicest people I've ever met. How are you so happy right now? They just ran off with five grand worth of your stuff. And I wanted to tell them, I don't feel happy, you know, but I'm glad that I appear happy. God bless you, right? Like, so we invited him to church. And then immediately when he finds out I'm a pastor, he's like, oh, well, he starts explaining his tattoos like I was asking him about him, you know? Oh, well, my, he said, like, he, he, had, he had, like, a grandfather who was a pastor. I was like, that's awesome, man. You should come to church. So then later on, we, we, roll, into, we roll into Clarksville. It's, like, 11 o'clock. Walmart's almost closing. And we don't have iPhone chargers anymore. And my, my, my phone's at 10%. Isn't that the scariest place you can be in your life? It's, in, it's on red. What am I going to do in the morning? And so we went to Walmart and spent $60 on chargers. It was awesome. I loved it. That was really what I wanted to do in Clarksville that night. So we invited the, the, the cashier at Walmart. Hey, you should come to Awaken Church on Sunday. Great church downtown. He goes, oh, I'm an atheist. And I was like, so? <laughs> we love atheists at Awaken Church, right? Come on, church. This is a place for everybody. The world is watching. How are you suffering? So your coworkers, your classmates, your neighbors are wondering, like, you're going through what? How are you smiling? You're, you're dealing with 
of that loss, why are you still going to church? How is this, right? Like the world is watching. They need to see the love that's inside of you. And so as Awakened Church mobilizes, this is always the purpose of the church, by the way, let's remember what we're fueled by. Because we're not just being generous to be generous. We don't just give money to give money. Can I remind you that Target, Amazon, Starbucks also gives away money? We give in the name of Jesus. We love in the name of Jesus. We suffer in the name of Jesus. We honor God in the name of Jesus. We share in the name of Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave. We so love that we give. So use the temporary things God has given you to deliver the eternal. And let me just take you to one quick passage that reminds us that that's exactly what God is doing through us. If you're in 1 Corinthians 13 right now, just turn a couple pages to the right to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. We'll have them up on your screen, but I think it'd be good for you to see it. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. Again, Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And he says, For God, who said... Let light shine out of darkness. Which, by the way, I think when you read that phrase, you've got to just pause right there and go, wow, that's the God we serve? He just spoke, let light shine out of darkness, and darkness, uh, and, and darkness disappeared and light broke through. And I love this. In Genesis chapter 1, you can read about this. God didn't have to tell the molecules what to do and give everybody instructions. He said, let there be light. And light just appeared because God doesn't have to give instructions. He speaks in solutions. And so he spoke light into existence. And Paul says, that God has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, the God who spoke light into existence wants to shine in and through our lives. He's placed the gospel inside of us. Now watch Paul's thought as he continues, verse 7. But we have this treasure. What's the treasure? The gospel that God has shown into our lives. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So when I tell you, use what's temporary to deliver the eternal, I'm just telling you something God is already doing through us. He's put the gospel, the brilliant, beautiful, eternal gospel in the jars of clay. That's us. You're like, jars of clay? I was a Christian in the 90s. This takes, takes me way back. <laughs> jars of clay was the biblical Tupperware. This was the temporary, not lasting container that you would use to put different things in. And it just wasn't meant to last. Everybody knew that. It was cheap. It was easy to fashion. And it wouldn't last forever, but it worked for now. That's kind of the idea of the spiritual gifts. They're, they're not meant to last, but they'll work. God will, God will use those. But it's also the idea of us. God, for whatever reason, chose us, the jars of clay, the fragile, 
temporary, flawed, to put the brilliant message of the gospel inside to distribute everywhere we go. God could have done it a lot better without us. You ever thought about that? Do you know in the book of Revelation, there's a scene where the very end, toward the very, very end, and everything's about to get wiped out. And as like a last-ditch effort, God sends an angel that flies above, above the surface of the earth and preaches the gospel in every language. God has that at his disposal. And he chose you instead right now. He chose me to deliver the gospel. God could have done it without us. Come on, moms who make cookies with their kids. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, mom, can I help? Yeah, I'd love for you to make a mess in the kitchen and make me do double the work. That would be so fun. Come on, honey. Pull up a step stool. Keep your finger out of that. Knock it off. You're going to cut your hand off on the blender, you know? Like, whoa. They get done, but it takes a lot longer, and it's really messy, right? The gospel could go out so much quicker but God called you. Come on, this is great news. He's given us gifts. He uses temporary flawed people. He put the light of the gospel in jars of clay. So listen, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. But God so loved Clarksville that he sent Awakened Church. And God so loved your family and your coworkers, and your classmates that he sent you into their lives. You're not the one that saves them, but Jesus, the light of the gospel, is what does the work in their lives. So awaken church. Go. Go into your city. Go into your neighborhoods. Go into your classrooms. Go into your workplaces and take the temporary things that you have, the short window of life that you have on earth, and use it for the gospel and deliver the ultimate gift. Self-sacrificing, unconditional love of Jesus. And if our world ever needed love, It's right now. If our world ever needed to see faithful followers of Jesus, it's right now. If our world ever needed some Christians who would go, you know what? I'm not just going to sit in a chair in a row at a church anymore. I'm going to do that on a Sunday, but you just wait for me Monday. You just wait for me Tuesday. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to take what God pours into me and I'm going to give it back to a dying world. Our, des- our world is desperate for love. The ground is ripe for the gospel. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You and I are the laborers. So we're going to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will give us the harvest. And then we're going to go out and serve our city. Amen? Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.